Hello and welcome back to to the European show. Um, it's episode thirty one, and today we're going to look back at the cup competitions mainly that happened, as well as look ahead to the fixtures that are happening this weekend. Um, to join me in doing so is Nick, as always. So welcome back, Nick. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, so the first place we we'll start is is Italy. It's the Coppa Italia, the quarterfinals of the Coppa Italia. Um, happened. Um, the first game we'll look at is Inter Milan versus Roma. It, it finished 2-0 to Inter Milan with goals from Edin Dzeko and a very, very nice goal from Alexis Sanchez as well. Definitely rolling back to the rolling back the years to when he played for Arsenal and was actually good. Um, however, Roma did have their chances to to point that out. Um, however, despite the fact that he's being touted that he's going to be replaced. Um, by Andre Onana in the summer, Samir Handanovic still played quite well um, to keep to Roma out of the game and to help Inter into the semi-finals. Um, so it's clearly a case like Ivan Perisic at the weekend. Is Samir Handanovic is trying to state that he's not useless and has actually some worth to him, and is not some yeah he's not old and and decrepit. While the other Milan team also won, sweeping aside Lazio 4-0. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, obviously a game that, that AC Milan dominated. Lazio had a few chances, Immobile squandered all of them. Um, most of the goals came because of Lazio's midfield being slow to return and Lazio's right-back being uh, terrible at marking. Uh, it was a game that saw Rafael Leao and Olivier Giroud go crazy. They both had really good performances. Lau, in particular, uh, he got himself a goal. He got himself an assist. He was everywhere on the pitch, uh, with it, with it, as per usual. Uh, a lot of good dribbles. A lot of a lot of a keen eye for a pass, and uh, and I think while he had a bit of a dip in form, now he's he's really recovering that, and and it's really great to see. Uh, Giroud, on the other hand, was really played a, a good goal po- goal poaching performance. He was in the right places at the right times to pick up. Uh, the two he he got, considering they're they're playing Inter Milan in, in the next round, maybe he'll he'll score a couple against uh, Inter again, just like last weekend. So it's it's fun it's fun to see Giroud uh, performing at a good level again. It's not that he was bad, but like he he was like noticeably an aged player, and and in these last few weeks he's just he's just gone crazy. So yeah, it, it's it was a fun watch, I'd say. Um, Atalanta play Fiorentina and. Juventus played to swallow both of which are playing on the night we we record this. Um, so this weekend, the biggest game is between Napoli and versus Inter Milan. This is first versus second. Obviously, Inter Milan dropped points last weekend to cut the to lead to one point um, between Napoli and Milan. So this is definitely a chance for Napoli and also Milan, who play Sampdoria, to possibly leapfrog Inter Milan. However, we'll mention it again. Inter Milan still do have this one game in hand um, and obviously that one game in hand will become crucial um, where whenever it's used or whenever it's played because if Inter Milan lose then that game in hand could potentially take them back to top if they win it obviously but if it's if they and also if they win it can help them extend their lead more so before we can like properly go hard on this title race and be like these are the facts and stuff. This this game has to be played 
because that's the one thing that kind of stops you from saying, oh yeah, Napoli can go first, or Milan can do this, but Inter always have this game in hand. Um, but in fairness, either way, they would definitely want to avoid dropping more points because just from a psychological standpoint like if you if you enter such a bad streak uh i mean sure mathematically they'll be able to recover but seeing their pretty considerable lead reduced to well to to just a few points that they would have to scramble back in a in a game in hand like they don't want that and the players just need to get back on track and back to performing at their best which they won't if they're if they're worried or if they think they're not uh, at the level they used to be. Um, and then obviously Juventus play Atalanta. This will be their first um, proper test for their new signings um, in Dusan Vlahovic and Denis Zakaria to see if they can actually um, properly perform. Um, so now on to Spain, um, where there was the Copa del Rey, um, well, one of the semi finals, is the other one between Bilbao and Valencia played tonight. As we're recording this, um, and Real Betis ended Rio Vallecano's dream of potentially making it to the final. Yep, it was a it was an even game, but uh, but Betis were the were s- slightly superior. Um, I mean, Bet- uh, Rayo scored quite early on, and I think that that kind of let them relax a little bit, which they shouldn't have. Betis reacted very well and uh, just went out to bite them back. We are seeing Borja Iglesias get back to his very best. Um, I, I said this on a, on, a, on an episode a few weeks back. I was talking about how he used to be amazing when he was at Espanyol. And then he moved to Betis and he never quite managed to recover his same level. And, and that was back in January, uh, in the beginnings of January even. And since then, he's really been at top class. And he showed it again today. He has scored a quite a nice goal from outside the box, which is quite rare for someone who's known for being more of a goal poaching forward. Uh, and he was just, yeah, in the right places at the right times, just creating a lot of danger, uh, unbalancing. And then, um, so the game got evened out in the first half, largely thanks to uh, Borja Iglesias' efforts. And then William Carvalho uh, put Betis ahead on the scoreline, thanks to a little touch of magic. A nice dribble that completely left the the Rayo centre back for dead. It just completely left him behind, and then he just slotted it easily past the goalkeeper. It's a really nice goal, and and yeah, that sealed Betis' path through to the final. And I think I think they can realistically win it because the neg- the other semi final is Valencia versus Athletic Bilbao, two very difficult teams. But Betis is on such a roll this year, and Pellegrini is doing such a great great job uh, with Betis. That I think they can genuinely dream of being cup champions this year. Just imagine the scenes if Real Betis win the Copa del Rey and Sevilla somehow win the league. <laughs> yeah, it is important to remember that uh, that the semi final is two legged, and even though Betis did win away, um, it, it's possible for Real to make a comeback. Now onto the league, um, Barcelona play Espanyol in what is a rematch of Xavi's first game in charge so it'd be interesting to see if this team this Barcelona team actually means business and a win against Atletico Madrid um, last weekend was not really a bit of a fluke um, and they're actually somewhat of a competent football team now Yeah, we will have to see I don't think they can keep it up for very long but um, hmm, actually what do I want to say 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it it does seem uh, like this game against Atletico was a bit of a one-off. Uh, we saw some performances that we'd never seen before. Um, and I think that without the same motivation of, of the scale and the size of the game and playing at home, I I think it will be difficult to see them uh, at that level again. But yeah, it, it's up to them to show that they're, that they're better than what they used to be in terms of consistency, of course. Um, Villarreal play Real Madrid. Obviously, Villarreal are actually on quite a, a good run of form, so this could potentially be a bit of a, a slip up for Real Madrid. Yes, true, but also Real Madrid have been very good at getting the job done in recent games, and um, in general, they have been solid when it comes to breaking down difficult teams. Because what we've seen, I mean, at first we would see uh, teams in the season. Teams approaching Real Madrid uh, regularly, just like in a normal way, kind of trying to trying to see how Ancelotti would would line up, and Ancelotti just kind of dismantled them. And since then, teams have been much more cautious, and Real Madrid have been quite good at dismantling these more defensive setups. So yeah, we'll definitely have to see um, and what happens. But I do think Real Madrid uh, will confidently will confidently be able to make it through with all three points. And then Atletico Madrid play Hetafe. They're probably going to lose. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> They're so bad right now. Getafe may be like down low in the table. But first of all, Getafe is amazing at making um, Aliti drop points. Second, Aliti sucks. Um, so now we'll have our break and then we'll be back with Liga and the Bundesliga. Welcome back from our break. Um, we're now going to look at France. So the Coupe de France happened with obviously no PSG. And there's one team now that kind of stands out as potential favourites for this, and this is Nice. Because um, obviously they beat PSG in the last round and then they come up against Marseille and absolutely demolished them 4-1. Um, so it, it does look like especially with Monaco not being as at their best either um, as, as they beat Amiens. Nice are definitely the team um, that could win this. Um, and, and obviously it's good to see a team winning that is not PSG. And Nice will play Versailles, um, who beat Bergrac 5-4 on penalties. And Versailles are a fourth division side in France and are in the semi-finals of the Coupe de France which is great to see and it's great to that they make it's great to see that they're making Versailles relevant for the first time since 1919 um, <laughs> and then the other semi-final is between Nantes and Bastia so and this Versailles can <laughs> mount up some amazing win against Nice I, I think the final will be a south of France derby between Nice and Marseille with Nice probably winning and it, it, I, and then it, it would just show the impact that Christophe Gautier has on teams obviously he comes in at Lille wins the league and then comes in at Nice and is on the verge of winning a trophy with them as well uh, and Nice as well they're also putting out a good performance in the league obviously no one's close to PSG but uh, they are third place and only a point behind Marseille who are sitting second so I mean while they were decent last season as well, 
Galtier has already showed like the rejuvenating effect and just the massive improvement that he brings upon uh, the, the smaller, shall we say, teams that he that he manages. And now, obviously, as Jack mentioned, they're doing great in the cup as well. So yeah, it's it's really really fun to watch uh, what he does as a manager and where and just how everything he touches turns to gold almost. Um, nice played Leon at the weekend, and then um, PSG play play Rennes. Um, so now to the Bundesliga. Um, biggest game is between Union Berlin and Dortmund. Dortmund are second. Union Berlin are fourth. Um, Dortmund are still without Haaland and obviously Dortmund will want to be give up a much better performance than what they did against um, by Leverkusen the weekend just gone but what's interesting is is Dortmund obviously we've spoken about Nicolas Zule and how impactful this transfer has been we say impactful obviously we don't know how he's going to perform but um, like the mag- magnitude of it um, apparently Matt Hummels somehow convinced him to go live in the rural region um, <laughs> instead of Bavaria which is, is if you've been to both um, places Matt Hummels has just done a very good job then convincing Sule to move to the rural but it then begs the question that this is a smart transfer the Sule transfer is a smart transfer by Dortmund um, and then it's the question if they're able to make some smarter moves so Sule's confirmed then they're heavily they've been heavily linked with the likes of Karim Adeyemi and Nico Schlotterbeck who are both um, young players <laughs> they're, they're the classic Dortmund um, transfers um, who would both be good additions to the team especially Schlotterbeck who could fit in nicely next to Sule um, but then it, if you look at the expiring transfers or expiring contracts at the end of the season, disregarding obviously the likes of Mbappe and people like that, and you and you look down the list, there's some players that could definitely benefit Dortmund and could even benefit being at Dortmund themselves. Um, so the biggest one would be Bubakari Kamara, who currently plays for Marseille. He's still relatively young, and. Um, the positive for him, as well as being a central defensive midfielder, which what is what Dortmund needs, he can also play centre-back, which would also be beneficial and add greater depth to Dortmund. Um, the same for Florian Grilich. Yeah, Grilich is obviously a couple of years older than Kamara, and he also has Bundesliga experience at Hoffenheim, um, but he also offers similar traits. And then there's the issue of right-back. Um, obviously, everyone knows our opinion of Thomas Meunier. I actually, actually, I, I don't dislike Meunier that much. I think he's not amazing anymore, but back in the days, I used to like him a lot. Obviously, Jack feels a lot more strongly about him. There's a right back in Nusar Masrawi, um, who's obviously only 24, um, and is currently at Ajax, who's, who's leaving at the end of the season. This could be a good move, not only for him, but for Dortmund as well, as, he, as some would argue, he could be an improvement on, on Munier. You see, I've I've had my eyes on on Masrawi for quite a while, uh, as someone who followed Ajax since <laughs> since ages ago, um, and I always thought he was really really good. And he could play at at a top club, and I'm of the opinion that um, back in I think it was 2020, I don't really remember, Barcelona should have signed Masrawi instead of Dest. 
Um, Dest at the time looked like he had more potential, fair enough, but Mazraoui was the more solid and experienced uh, right back. But basically what happened is, is Mazraoui was playing really well and all that. Uh, he was just crucial in, in Ajax's fairy tale Champions League season. And then he got injured and Dest played half a season uh, in his place and he and he and he shone really brightly. Um, but um, but obviously he hadn't quite picked up a lot of experience and Barcelona just snapped him up uh, as quickly as they could and kind of ignored Mizrawi and and he just kind of got left behind and I think he's especially at current in current at the current levels he's definitely a better right back than Dest is right now and and he also was at the time so I think that um, that he would be a really great signing for Dortmund so yeah be definitely if Dortmund can get this transfer market right. And they've started off well um, with the addition of Sule. If they can address these issues, then I think they could quite possibly challenge um, Bayern. I know that's a bold statement to make, especially because Bayern are one of, if not the best team in the world. Um, it, they've shown that they're able to go toe to toe with Bayern as we saw in the game early on in the season where they only lost 3-2. Um, but it's the fact that they have been shooting themselves in the foot and have been struggling against smaller oppositions which has hindered their um, their ability to fight for a title, especially now, this season. Attacking-wise, they're fine. It's just at the back and it's coins that the Dortmund are constantly, it's not Dortmund versus the other team, it's Dortmund's defence versus their attack. Um, and if they're able to address this defensive issue by making smart signings like these, then they could definitely go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to Bayern and potentially even beat them. Um, but then obviously this all comes into question if, if they can keep Haaland, um, who is a bulk of their firepower. Um, the other games this weekend, Leipzig play Cologne. Um, Cologne without Anthony Modeste, who has scored 14 out of their 33 goals. So he's definitely going to be a big miss for them in their fight for Champions League football. Which is something quite odd to say for a team that was fighting relegation um, last season. Bayern Munich play Bochum. Um, it's the, the time when these teams played each other earlier. Bayern Munich won 7-0. Be interesting to see if Bochum could put up a fight, but you'll never know. Um, and then Frankfurt play Wolfsburg. Obviously, Frankfurt started off the season quite poor, but they're experiencing a revival. Wolfsburg have just been terrible, um, especially because these two teams were the ones fighting for the Champions League um, places last season. Um, but now to finish off, over the weekend, the head of the DFL. Who is, is nearly been brought in place, um, flirted with the idea that the Bundesliga may bring in, which is not confirmed, to, she mentioned that it's a possibility that a playoff system could be brought into the Bundesliga to help increase competitiveness. And that would mean, um, for example, uh, well, the top four teams would go into like a mini tournament type of thing it'd be first versus fourth second versus third um and then obviously whoever wins that mini tournament would win the league um however the issue you have is how strong Bayern are 
um, that they just beat everyone. And out of the current top, for example, if this playoff system was implemented right now with the mini tournament right now, it'd be Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Leverkusen, and Union Berlin. Um, no matter how it was done, Bayern had beaten all of them um, this season. And <laughs> it would just mean Bayern win the league still. Because it's very hard for teams to compete with Bayern as they're just that good. And a playoff system wouldn't even um, help address the competitive imbalance. And it doesn't even really work. Cause it doesn't really show uh, what the team has achieved over the whole season, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's, first of all, kind of sad that they need to, that they need to introduce this. But also pointless because, I, as, as you basically insinuated, Bayern doesn't struggle against the big teams in the league. They would beat them anyways and they'd still win. The The only way in which they could actually make it difficult for Bayern is if it included uh, the other top three and and Gladbach. But, uh, but, and in that case, obviously, uh, I mean, Bayern would lose one of the, the game against Gladbach and then Gladbach, as you, you, you can probably imagine, would bottle it in the final. But, but yeah, I, I dislike that idea uh, by quite a lot. It it takes away the spirit of a league, um, even though it, right now it's a league in which Bayern always wins. Like you're not going to change anything, and it's just gonna it's gonna it's just a bad idea. And it, and it will also, if there is an underdog that has a great season, uh, and they end up top, um, under normal circumstances they'd suddenly uh, be champion, and it would be a massive upset. But then in this new playoff sense, they'd end up top and then have to play a final, probably against Bayern, which would be very difficult for them to win. And so it would almost guarantee Bayern just winning again. So yeah, I, I, I don't like that idea at all. But then obviously it begs the question about um, the 50 plus one rule, because the reason Bayern is so far ahead is because of the members they have. It means they're able to spend more money um, and stuff like that. So yeah but that's a whole another another discussion because as soon as you strip away the 50 plus one rule um you open it up to teams such as manchester city on teams like manchester city and psg which no one um really likes and that can be seen with just the upset an american investor investing uh to help augsburg make the transfer transfer for pepe um so but that's a that's another um discussion to have and one that no one really wants anyway um that's it for today it has been a slightly shorter episode only because there hasn't been as much to talk about luckily next weekend is the return of the champions league um but yeah thank you for listening please like us follow us whatever and we'll be back next week yep thank you very much and have a great weekend <laughs> <laughs>